Well, hello and welcome to Crossroads Church. Whether you are joining us at home at Crossroads Live or if you're here at one of our physical locations, I want to welcome you today. We're starting a brand new series, a four-week series uh, that I'm excited about where we are going to be looking at boundaries. Uh, it was a couple of summers ago on a hot summer afternoon where my family and I were driving back from Uray, Colorado. If you've never been to Uray, Colorado, I would encourage you to go and and check it out. It's a beautiful place. And so we were on our way back, and sure enough, on that summer, there were uh, some wildfires going on as well, where parts of 285 were closed down. And so what we had to do is we had to take a big detour. Uh, There is a detour through the town of Hartzell, if you know where that is. It's a little two-lane highway uh, that's a little bit sketchy. And so sure enough, we're driving down this highway at about 60 uh, miles an hour or so, And there's lots of traffic both ways. And the car directly in front of us decides that we're not going fast enough, or at least the car in front of him is not going fast enough. And so what he does is he decides to to change lanes. There's a double yellow line, which we all know you don't cross that line, right? Well, he did. And, And so what he did is he pulled into the oncoming lane. Well, I was directly behind this guy. And I saw what was about to happen because on the way toward us, there was a a, a whole stream of cars coming. And I thought, oh man, this is going to turn out badly. There is not enough time. There's not enough room. Uh, This is not going to work. This guy's not going to make it. So as he pulls into the oncoming lane, sure enough, a car is coming toward us. And it was one of those moments where it's just sort of slow motion. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, oh my goodness, what is going to happen. And so the oncoming car uh, ends up having to go down into the ditch on his shoulder side, on the right side from him, and he goes down into the ditch on this highway, driving at 60 miles an hour. The car then passes and gets in front, and uh, the, the car that's oncoming somehow miraculously is able to recover and get back up on the highway without swerving, without rolling, without running into us. And I thought for sure, man, either this was an act of God or it's because this guy's driving a Toyota and, uh, and it just worked really well for him, right? <clears throat> but we all know those moments where, where boundaries are broken. In fact, boundaries are all around us, but most of the time we don't <clears throat> give them much thought unless what? Unless they're broken, You know, the boundaries that that we sort of don't think about every day, like property lines, uh, doors and walls, uh, passwords. I mean, aren't you glad that there's a boundary around your your bank accounts that not anybody can just get in unless they have the password? There's relational boundaries. There's emotional boundaries. There's family boundaries. There's work boundaries where, where, where you have your cubicle or your office or your job description. There's boundaries all around us. And in fact, us Americans, we love our boundaries. We love our personal space boundaries. In fact, this season of social distancing, yeah, it's a little awkward, but most of us are like, you know what, it's okay because I like my bubble. If you remember Seinfeld, if you were a Seinfeld fan, one of Elaine's boyfriends was known as the close talker, right? Remember that guy? Where he gets right up in your face and talks, and and sure enough, he meets Kramer, and and Kramer does one of his classic, like, jump and falls on the ground sort of thing, but, but, you know, we don't want to be a close talker. And so some of you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, I I get it. Like, there's some boundaries you just don't want to cross. Like, don't be a close talker. 
Don't go logging into other people's bank accounts. Don't cross double yellow lines. Don't drink from, from other people's water bottles. But, but what about some of the hard ones? What about the hard boundaries that we face? Like that friend who comes to you and asks for money just one more time, I promise. Or that family member who likes to control and manipulate things and decisions within your family. What about others who break their boundary? What about others who break your boundaries? And what about boundaries in marriage? What about boundaries in parenting? You know, we're going to be covering a lot of this stuff over the next four weeks, but, but let me give you some uh, definition around this idea of boundaries. You see, some boundaries are permanent and some are not. For instance, a permanent boundary is, is, is a boundary that God has drawn around what sin is and is not. That, that boundary doesn't change. It doesn't change with culture. It doesn't change with time. No matter how much we don't like some of those boundaries, they don't change. They're permanent. However, other boundaries are changeable. They're, they're permeable when necessary. For instance, when, when our kids were little, when they were toddlers and stuff, when, whenever we'd go to a restaurant, we would have to bring along with us their food, right? Like pureed peas and carrots. Like it's a wonder anybody ever lives past two because, I mean, th that's just gross. But sure enough, at the, at, the, at the restaurant, we would pull out this little bottle of pureed carrots and we'd start feeding them, right? Because they can't do it on their own. And, and God bless the day when they could feed themselves. You know what I'm talking about? When, when you get to the restaurant and they're like, oh, wow, like my kid is now a little bit more self-sufficient than they used to be. It's a milestone, isn't it? And it would be totally inappropriate if we showed up to a restaurant now and, my, and I started feeding my 11-year-old son. Like that's a boundary breaker right there, right? Now, it's permeable that if my 11-year-old son fell off of his bike or his scooter or something and, and was injured and couldn't do some things for himself, that I would step in and help out. You see, boundaries are permeable. Some of them are permanent. Some of them are, are changeable. But, but here's the bottom line with all boundaries is that when they're healthy, they promote healthy people and healthy relationships. And the opposite is true also, that when they are unhealthy, things spin out of control. And some of you are there right now, where, where a relationship or a situation is just sort of spun out of control, where someone broke a boundary, stepped into a place where they shouldn't have been, and because of that, it's now just sort of spinning out of control. Here's our working def definition of boundaries throughout the course of this series is that boundaries are a way to describe our spheres of responsibility. Boundaries are ways to describe our spheres of responsibility, what we are and what we are not responsible for. Now, us Christians, we actually get this wrong a lot. We do. We get this wrong a lot. We're, we're, in fact, we're probably some of the, the best boundary breakers around because we misunderstand certain parts of Scripture. Like, hey, if someone hits you, turn the other cheek. And we can interpret that as, as saying, oh, well, I'm just not supposed to have any boundaries. I'm just sort of supposed to be a pushover. I can't ever stand up, to my, stand up for myself or, or tell someone no. We misunderstand things like being a Christian means that you're always nice no matter what. 
that you're always supposed to just serve selflessly, completely selflessly, and have no boundaries around that. But actually, it was Jesus who showed us how to set healthy boundaries. He didn't just talk about them, but he set them. You know, he always made sure that his personal needs were met. Did you notice that? I mean, he, he's, he's eating, and he's sleeping, and he's, he's making time for solitude and, and alone time. He was never in a hurry. Even when his best friends were trying to hurry him and push him, he was never, ever in a hurry. In fact, he said no often. He rejected the manipulation of others. He spoke the truth in love even when it hurt someone. Uh, even people that he helped and he healed, he had expectations for them. You see, his priorities were never out of order. He pleased God all the time. He kept healthy boundaries. Now, let me ask you this. How are the boundaries in your life? Are there any boundaries right now that you know are just sort of blaringly out of place? Or maybe they've been broken, or maybe they're just simply <clears throat> not there. Or more personally, how are you at setting and maintaining healthy boundaries? Are you able to do that? You know, for some of us, we haven't seen healthy boundaries at work. We, we, we haven't had it modeled, modeled for us, and, and we don't know good examples of boundaries. Or maybe in the past, boundaries have been used against us as, as manipulation or even weapons. Here's a few questions for us to think about as we think about boundaries in our own lives. Do you ever try to please everyone around you? Do you hate letting others down? Can you not say no? Do you sometimes overshare when, you're, when it's not appropriate? Do you avoid vulnerability with those who are closest to you, even at all costs? Do you feel <clears throat> urges to respond passive-aggressively? Do others tend to avoid you or take advantage of you? You see, here's the big idea for this whole series, is that healthy boundaries promote healthy lives and relationships. Healthy boundaries promote healthy lives and relationships. And we're going to cover a lot of stuff over these four weeks, but I also want to invite you. We're going to be doing a, a Tuesday night conversation every week for the next four weeks where we're going to be answering questions live. We're going to be talking about things that we weren't able to fit into our sermons, uh, and that, that's going to be on Facebook Live or on Crossroads Live. Join us from 6 to 7 every Tuesday night for the next four weeks. Um, we're also going to be putting out a couple of podcasts over the next month where, we'll, where we will be featuring a couple of our counselors from the Counseling Center just talking more in depth about boundaries. And so for today, we're going to look at what does it mean to define our sphere of responsibility? Because there's concerns and there's responsibilities. And when we get those mixed up, when concerns become responsibilities or when responsibilities become concerns, that's when boundaries get broken. So today we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6. If you'd like to turn there in your Bibles, I'm going to pray before we read through these five verses and see what it is that God is trying to show us today. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you today, and, and some, of us, some of us know exactly the boundaries that either we have not put in place or maintained, or the boundaries that we've broken with other people. 
And for others of us, maybe we have no idea, maybe it's completely unknown to us how our boundaries are right now. So Father, my prayer today and for the rest of this series is would you illuminate in us, would you illuminate in our lives, in our hearts, those areas where boundaries are, are not healthy, and would you help us to, to lean into that, to follow the, the way of Jesus and create healthy boundaries. So, Father, we invite you to do whatever it is that you would like to do in our hearts today. And it's in your good name we pray. Amen. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul gives us a clear understanding of what responsibilities versus concerns look, looks like. And he says this in verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Now here Paul talks about the, the first boundary breaker, right? Someone who is caught in transgression, someone who is caught in sin. Anybody who is caught in sin has already been a, a boundary breaker, those sinful decisions that we make. But they also promote ongoing unhealthy boundaries. It's like a snowball effect. Have you ever noticed that in your own life? Where, where, where you make a bad decision and then that leads to something else and then that leads to another thing and then before you know it, you have this trail of broken boundaries behind you. And here Paul says, for those who are around you, for those who are spiritual, you should restore them in a spirit of gentleness. This word restore uh, that, that Paul uses literally means to, to help put in order, to restore to its former condition, sort of like when you have a broken or dislocated bone and it has to be set back into place. Paul's saying those of you who are around a boundary breaker, restore them in a spirit of gentleness. He goes on in verse 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Here, Paul says this, the word for burdens that he uses in the Greek is a word that means oppressive weight or suffering. It's, it's the spiritual and emotional toll that comes with broken boundaries. You, you see, it could be a sin burden or, or just a, a weight in general. You're suffering because of something a broken relationship, or a loved one has died, or, or, or whatever it is emotionally that is weighing heavily on you. He says, look, what that Christian community looks like is that you bear one another's burdens. You see, when we, when we bear the emotional load along with people, when there's this mutual concern and upholding and, and loving of each other, he says, you fulfill the law of Christ. What does it mean to fulfill the law of Christ? Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what? And love your neighbor as yourself. He says, don't pull back. Don't ignore them. Don't just let them figure it out, but actually bear their burden along with them. Bear that burden. And when you do that, you're fulfilling the law of Christ. In verse 3, he goes on, he says, For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, 
And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Now listen to this, verse 5. For each will have to bear his own load. Now, we can stop for a moment and say, wait a second. First you say to bear each other's burdens, and now in verse 5 you're saying that each one has to bear his own load. Well, in the Greek language, he actually uses a different word here. You see, in verse 2, it was a word that talked about the emotional and spiritual toll. In verse 5, it's a word that it's called fortion, almost like portion, like each person's portion. And this word is used when, when describing a soldier carrying his pack that each soldier carries his own food, his own uh, sleeping bag, his own clothes, his own uh, weapon, whatever that might be. The, the soldiers carry their own pack. And here's this idea, and here's the line that, that Paul is drawing, is, is that there are individual responsibilities that we all have, that, and we all have to do our own part. And what Paul's doing here is he's describing the difference between bearing burdens and carrying loads. In another way to say that, he's, he's describing the difference between concern and responsibility. He says, bear each, one, each other's burdens as each one carries their own loads. When it comes to boundaries, there's, there's a book that you've probably heard of, you've probably read. It's, it's the, one of the most influential books in my life over the years, Henry Cloud, John Townsend. It's called Boundaries. If you haven't read it, uh, get it and read it. You won't be uh, discouraged about that. You won't be disappointed. But, but in his book, <coughs> Boundaries, he describes four types of boundary breakers. Now, we're going to talk about these each week throughout the course of this series, but there's four types. And for all of us, every single one of us, at times we fall into one or more of these different kinds, including me. Uh, and, and broken boundaries often lead to more broken boundaries, which we're, we're actually going to talk more about that on Tuesday night uh, at Tuesday Night Live. Um, but, but here's the four types, is the compliant, the avoidant, the controller, and the non-responsive. The compliant, the avoidant, the controller, and the non-responsive. Now, these are maybe a little bit uh, self-defining, but I'm going to go through them really quickly. Compliance, uh, the, the compliance can't say no. They, they just can't say no. They never want to disagree or stand up for themselves. They never want to, to let someone down. And maybe they learned this as a kid when they were taught never to disagree with an adult, just to be compliant. Never stand up for yourself. You see, compliance have fuzzy and indistinct boundaries. They're almost non-existent. They sort of melt into the demands and needs of others. They, they just can't stand alone. Um, for example, they, they pretend to like the same restaurants as their friends or their spouse just to not rock the boat. They minimize differences with other people uh, so that they don't, they don't cause any sort of rift. They're, they're like a chameleon, and really their motivation is fear. Their, their motivation is fear of rejection or hurting others or abandonment. I know for me, and here's the thing, when we go through these four things, no elbowing the person you're with, okay? Now, you might see it. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But this is for you to think about for yourself. I know for me, I can sometimes be compliant. Where, hey, I, don't, I just don't want to rock the boat. I'll just kind of go with whatever, whatever uh, everyone says. The second one is avoidance. 
Avoidance can't say yes. You see, avoidance often love others well, but they don't allow others to support them back. They hide themselves. It's an inability to ask for help, to, to recognize their own needs. To, they're unwilling to let others in. They, they minimize their own needs. They withdraw when they are in need, and they don't ask for support. Now, some people can be both compliant and avoidant. And, and this person can't say no to others, and at the same time, they can't ask for help when they need it. It's like reversed boundaries. They have boundaries where they shouldn't have them, and they don't have boundaries where they should have them. Sometimes I can be avoidant. Controllers. Controllers can't hear no. They can't hear other people's no. They don't respect others' boundaries. They resist taking responsibility for their own lives. Instead, they need to control other people's lives. They believe, like the old joke about training, uh, when you're training someone in sales, that if someone tells you no, that really means maybe. And if someone tells you maybe, that really means yes. You see, they just can't hear no, which is different from those who can't say no. And the primary problem that a controller has is that they project their responsibilities onto other people. They motivate others by controlling them to carry the load that's supposed to be their own. Sometimes, not usually, but sometimes I can be controller. And then finally, the fourth one is non-responsives. Non-responsive. So a, a quick recap. Uh, compliance can't say no. Avoidance can't say yes. Controllers can't hear no. And non-responsives can't hear yes. They have an inability to respond to other people's needs. They're withdrawn. They're, they're numb to anything and any, everyone around them. They have a lack of attention to their responsibilities of loving other people. Though we're not responsible for what others are feeling or, or going through, we are responsible for how we respond to those around us, bearing their burdens, what Paul just talked about. But non-responsives, they can't do that. They don't engage. They back off. When they see messiness or pain or hurt, they just back off. Now, you can be both controlling and non-responsive. This person can't see past themselves. They see others uh, responsible for their struggles, and they're looking for someone to take care of them. They gravitate toward people with blurry boundaries who will naturally take upon themselves the controller's responsibility and, and won't complain about it. In fact, there's an old joke. This isn't mine, so don't get offended at me. But there's an old joke that says, what happens when a rescuing, enabling person meets a controlling, insensitive person? They get married. <laughs> okay, maybe that was a bad joke. But we're going to talk about marriage next week, so don't worry. If that kind of raised something, don't worry. We're going to cover that next week. So to, uh, uh, to recap one more time, a compliant can't say no. An avoidant can't say yes. Uh, the controller can't hear no. And the non-responsive can't hear Yes. Are there one or, two, one or two of these that you fall into? Do you find yourself uh, resonating with any of those? You see, when it comes to boundaries in your most important relationships, Paul says, don't do any of those things. Don't be compliant, fail, falling uh, to the every whim and demand of those around you. 
Don't be avoidant when, when you're the one suffering. Don't hide it. Don't avoid those who want to support you. He says, don't be a controller by, by grabbing others by the collar and manipulating others to, to carry your load. And also don't be non-responsive and just check out when other people are hurting. Instead, Paul says, there's a better way. He says, there's a better way, which is Christian boundaries. That's what he's doing here is he's describing the distinct Christian community, a community that's described by care and concern and support, one of heavy lifting and encouragement, one of generosity and teamwork, one of healthy boundaries. And really what Paul's saying here is an invitation to us. For some of us, it's an invitation to say no to unrealistic expectations and dependency. For others of us, it's an invitation to say yes uh, to, to, to being vulnerable, to, to enter into those communities of authenticity and care when we are hurting. For others of us, it's an invitation to draw back and to let go and to, to, to release some responsibility and control of things that should have never been ours. And for others of us, it's an invitation to wake up, an invitation to wake up and bear some burdens around us. You see, this is what makes the Christian community so distinct and so beautiful. It's unlike anything else in the world. It's joining with one another with generosity and, and, and healthy life-giving boundaries and bearing one another's burdens through this life that's so hard. You see, this Christian body, are you connected? Are you connected in a community that loves you and knows you and bears your burdens? You see, if, if being connected to the Christian community means that you just watch the hour service online or at one of our locations, you're missing it. It's so much richer. It's so much more beautiful than that. This is how Jesus designed it. Bear one another's burdens. Man, that's a powerful thing. You see, when we mistake concerns for responsibilities, things get messy. And it's easy to do. It's easy to do. It's easy to take concerns and make them responsibilities, especially with those we love. When we see a family member who's, who's making bad decisions or a child who, who has gone astray or, or, or whatever that might be, we, we see those, that, that brokenness unfolding in front of us and we want to, with everything we have, to jump in and just fix things. But, but here's the thing is that we can't. We can't fix anyone else. We can't carry anyone else's Load. Did you know that? You can't do it. And when we do, when we find ourselves carrying other people's loads, what we do is we're actually stepping in a place that we should not be in their lives. We're putting ourselves in the place where God should be in their lives. You see, there's a thing where, where when you get to a point to where you don't know what, how you can carry on and you're desperately wanting other people to, to fix things for you, that's the point where God wants us to turn to him because he's the only one that actually can carry our loads. He can, and he has. He has done that. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says this, 
He himself bore our sins on his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. You see, God is the only one that can carry our loads. He's the only one that can carry our broken boundaries. He's the only one that that can carry our sin, and he has. We're going to remember his sacrifice today. We're going to take communion together as we remember what he's done for us. And as we do, I'm going to pray in just a moment, but as we do, I want to encourage you not only to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf, bearing our sin and carrying our load, but also use this as a time to maybe take an audit of your own heart. Where are some of those boundaries that maybe are out of place that we, with his help, can restore? Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today and we thank you Thank you for showing us an example of what healthy living, healthy boundaries look like. But also thank you, Jesus, for for carrying our load of sin when we could not. God, you are so good to us, and we don't deserve it at all. So, Father, it's in humility that we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you, God, for for giving us grace and forgiveness and mercy. And, Father, today we also ask that you would help us. God, as we look at our own lives, as we look at those boundaries that we are experiencing, those that are healthy and those that are unhealthy, Lord, would you help us to to submit to the rule and reign of Jesus Christ and that as we do, we would see those healthy boundaries move into place. God, show us what that looks like. And it's in your good name we pray these things. Amen. If you have your